We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy football podcast i'm scott jensen joined as always on fridays by andrew laird we're sponsored by dynasty owner we thank them for that uh we're gonna be at you every friday this is the dfs version of the rotowire fantasy football podcast uh hopefully you enjoyed the uh the the, the uh, dfs strategy uh podcast we've had over the last few weeks we've uh, played those from last year um we thought they were really helpful and we kind of wanted to uh you know not be repetitive and, and play those and hopefully people enjoy those and learn some of those but we are live for the first time in 2020 Andrew, before we start, how's everything with you? Family life, everything all right? Everything, uh, everything's great, Scott. What, what could possibly not be great? Yeah, that's a good way to put it, right? Yeah, haven't left the house in six months. And uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, did you grow a, like a quarantine beard? Uh, no, like if I go like three or four days, it's kind of a long time for me. But uh, we had a we had a rotowire like call with everybody, and I noticed that there were some impressive quarantine beards in the group there. Yeah, what's funny is that uh, you see you don't see them as often as I do since we do um, Zoom calls fairly regularly. But that's actually right. just their regular. That's not, oh. none of that was actually quarantine. <laughs> that's, that's just living in Wisconsin. So. I guess we're going to be talking about the 2020 season. So uh, most importantly, does this mean I have to actually get over the Super Bowl now? Uh, that Super Bowl feels like it was 100 years ago, doesn't it? Or do you it's think? not. There's no way that was this year. Right. It's impossible. There's right. no way. Um, what's funny yeah. is we were uh, kind of casually talking about uh, Super Bowl odds and whatnot and who we think might go to the Super Bowl. And I was like, who was in the Super Bowl last year? Like I looked, I had to look it up and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. no. That was I. Uh, I I did not have to look it up. Well, sure, sure. <laughs> I still have I still have this little scar that itches at me every day, so I don't have to look anything up with that game. Yeah, the new season means. Uh, yeah, that didn't happen. 
that's uh, that's Something. beautiful. So uh, yeah, we're gonna be talking uh, DFS every week. Obviously, uh, you know this is the the one week we're in, we're not uh, a full slate of games yet. So we figured we would talk some some preseason stuff, some DFS strategy a little bit. But obviously, starting next Friday, we'll be uh, we'll be breaking down the slates, going through every game, going through every player, and kind of uh, hoping to uh, help everybody win uh, win some cash. Whether you play cash games or GPPs or whatever you may do in the DFS world, um, hopefully we'll be uh, here to help you kind of uh, figure out find some good values figure out who to fade, all that kind of good stuff. But, uh, Andrew, I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while, and I'm, uh, you know, there was a while we weren't sure we were going to get a football season. Now it looks like, like it's, uh, you know, kind of a full go right now at least. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. What do you think the odds are they would they get the full season in? Man, I think they're going to try and push through really hard. I think there's going to be suspended games here and there. But uh, I don't know. I, if I had to put a percentage on it right now, I'd go like 62% that they that they play a full season. That's probably the reasonable number. Like, I think it's actually closer to 90. Oh, so you think they just push through no matter what? Yeah. And, and yeah. like, I don't even know if we'll see any, like, postponed games. It's yeah, just, like, I, so difficult to, like, reschedule football games, it feels like. That, like, how do you effectively do it? Because it's not like you can say, like, if a game is on, is supposed to be Sunday, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern, and they there's, like, a massive number of positive tests and it's not like, oh, we'll just play Wednesday. Like, you, that's not long enough. But then, like, you can't really expect teams to play. I guess they get a early buy, and you play it that way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And, I mean, that's the thing is baseball. Baseball tried that the first time with the with the Marlins with the you know we'll just wait one day and then play and it blew up. So right. I think that 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 model's been kind of blown out of the water. So I don't know what happens if Sunday morning you know they're doing the they're doing the COVID tests and they have a COVID inactive list. I don't know. It'll be interesting if, you know, two guys has positive. They just go on that list and they play the game or what they try and do. It's going to be uh, – I imagine there's a lot of people involved that don't really know how it's going to work until it actually happens once. Right. And it just seems like the NFL took the opinion of like, no, we're, we're the NFL, so it's not going to apply to us. And we're just – we just play. That's what we do. you got like, got like seven teams that are going to have fans in the stands too. It's that, crazy. Uh, broken down percentage but i mean jerry jones is talking about he's selling he's selling luxury suites right now he's trying to get people in that way he's talking about 50 percent capacity uh, i think the chiefs are at 20 or 15 or 20 percent capacity for their opening game it's uh it's going to be really interesting and it's going to be really interesting right away so it's uh, i'm, I'm a ho- obviously as a as a sports fan as someone who works in this world i'm very much hoping that it's a go but uh i think it's going to be uh, the first couple of weeks will be very very interesting yeah, I, th- I saw some of the responses the other day about how I think it was Goodell was saying that home field advantage basically doesn't exist in the NFL. And so, like, it didn't really matter um, in terms of the fans. I don't know if that was the context of it, but effectively it was saying home field doesn't matter. And I think people... Uh, uh, first of all, uh, okay. Sure, right. <laughs> I think people kind of misunderstand what home field advantage actually entails. Uh, and I think it's more like, oh, the fans are really crazy there, blah, blah, blah. And I think they completely ignore the fact that like the hardest part of playing on the road is the travel. And like, 100%. like yeah, that's absolutely. the issue. So like if you're going to, uh, you know, if you're flying from New York to L.A., uh, it has nothing to do with the, well, I guess that was a bad choice with the, I was going to say the L.A. fans. But like uh, if you're going to New York to Seattle. <laughs> there's, a couple, there's a couple of Rams fans. That's true. That's true. Um, like Yes, the Seattle fans are great, but like that's not the reason why road games are so hard. It's because you're like traveling all the way and you're not at home and you're in a hotel, which I'm sure they're pampered plenty, but like it's just not the same. And so like that's really the issue. So the fact that like the idea that home field doesn't matter is crazy. 
it really is. I mean, just and yeah, just getting off your schedule and having to do stuff in a different place. I mean, there's a there's a lot to be said. There's a reason why teams win at home, and it's not just because right. you know Seattle fans are really like. I mean, that in Seattle, that's one. Seattle, Kansas City, maybe those are places where it actually does impact a little bit, and you know you get momentum going, and Mahomes makes a big, big play, and all of a sudden you can feel it. But yeah, I mean, the the aspect of travel and everything that goes along with it is tough. As someone who well, someone who used to travel a lot, I haven't in a while, but. Um, <laughs> That cross-country trip just takes a toll on it. It's hard to figure out why it is, and I get that they these guys all travel you know, in a more luxurious fashion than I do, like you said, but uh, it still takes a lot out of you. It, it affects the body. It affects the internal clock, and when you're a, a, you're a professional athlete, you're, kind of a, you're so used to your schedule and your routine that uh, there's just no way. I mean, as you, as you become a veteran, I imagine you, you learn how to do it better and get used to it, but it's, uh, that, that's definitely the aspect of, of road games that I, that I factor in way more than how loud the crowd might be that day. Right, and it seems like the lines always kind of appreciate that, you know, like when the Raiders at Jets, I remember you know, for a one o'clock Eastern start, like that's a very early body clock game for those for the Raiders. And so like that's the difference. It's not rabid Jets fans. Well, plus traveling to play that Jets team is obviously a scary. I mean, thing nobody, itself. nobody ever wants to do that. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this the funny thing about this season though. we're talking about, you know, games and stuff is like. We do the DFS spot. This is the perfect season for DFS. Like if you are worried about canceling games, if you're worried about guys getting sick and, and you know being inactive, if you're worried about games getting canceled, if you're worried about – we're going to know that stuff on Sunday morning. Um, this is a perfect season to play DFS. You play each week at a time. You can play as much or as little money as you want. You can pick any players you want. I, I think the NFL is built for DFS myself, and I've shifted a lot of my focus over the few years. I still play season long; it's fun, and there's a lot of comp- there's some companies that I support that I you know I play some contests in. But I mean, NFL is built for this, and 2020 NFL. I mean, you could not pick a better time to to really focus on DFS as opposed to season long. Yeah, I mean, for someone like me who gave who's completely given up on season long, like I'll happily agree with you. But like, it does seem like this year more than ever, like all of the yeah. all of the reasons that. I left season long are just accentuated uh, this year. Absolutely, um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that moves in right into the topic that we were going to discuss today, which uh, admittedly was an article I was going to write for the site and just felt like it was a better delivery system through a conversation because um, it just seems like we can get more out of it. But really what I want to discuss was like how to, why, why, you should play DFS against your friends this year instead of these season long leagues. Because I mean, just what we're saying, like with uh, the late inactives or, and it's not like um, late COVID inactives are players that we don't consider at all. Like there could be some very big players who just test positive. Oh, I mean, there, there will be, I don't think it's a could be, I think that there absolutely will be. And you know, it's gonna be guys that you know, haven't been hurt all week and you're counting on them. And all of a sudden, you know, Sunday at nine 30 or nine 15, they're going to be out. Is the, I mean, we have to, you would think that the, we would know the road ones first, right? Like, they, are they testing? I don't, to be honest, they're, I don't know what the COVID protocols are. As far as I are. can tell, they're testing either the night before or that morning getting quick tests. And they're, they're gonna, there's going to be Sunday morning inactives that we had not known anything about up until Sunday morning. So they're going to have everybody, like, fly to games and then test them? Uh, I believe that you get tested either the morning of or the night before, yes. <sighs> Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, it's, it, we're, you're still going to know about that at, you know, nine, even if I'm doing, I'm doing Pacific time, obviously game start at 10, you know, at nine o'clock, if that happens in season long, I'm dead. Like if, uh, you know, if uh, Raheem Mostert tests positive, I don't have a backup running back. That's going to, uh, oh, well, 
I'm kind of I'm kind of in trouble, or I'm going to put someone in that I don't want to put in. But in DFS, I just slide from Raheem Mostert to Chris Carson, and you know we're ready to go. So I mean, it's just uh, you know not to make a 49ers all about the 49ers and Seahawks, but it's just the time. It's a perfect setup for this. Now, when you say DFS against your friends, are you talking about like setting up a league that week, or are you talking about like a season moving your season long league and actually playing DFS every week and then doing rankings that way? Yeah. So uh, I did this. That's with, a cool idea. So I did this with some friends. Uh, I think this was going to be our third or fourth year. I mean, we had a season long league every year. It's just, I mean, it's basically the classic like home league. And one year uh, I convinced them to try it on DraftKings and we set up a league and there were, um, I think there were eight of us at the time because not everybody wanted to uh, come over, but I think it's up to 12 now. But basically it's every week, the league we had was a 150 buy-in. So instead we'd now do $10 a week into this league, the top three um, each week get paid. There's obviously like a tiered uh, payout structure each week, but that's all it. And then there's there are standings like throughout the season based on how you do points wise. Although really the only thing we end up caring about is whether you made money or lost money over the course of the season. But is there a is there a is it with the points at the end of the year is like an overall winner for the season or no? There is, although I'll be honest, we just ignore it. We just keep playing. But like the the benefit <laughs> of it is just like like you said, like uh, I think the reason I got into it is because a few years ago, I forget when it was, but like basically my first three picks, like first three round picks all got hurt in week one. And I just was not the kind of person who was like, all right, I'm just going to like grind the waiver wire. And like I was toast. Right. And it's just like a bummer to have your whole season ruined uh, on week one in week one and DFS. If all of your guys get hurt, they're just hurt for that week. And the next week you come back and you can play again. And so um, from that perspective, it's a lot better. Um, and I know there are people who like love to do the research to find those like really deep guys for the waivers and stash them for eight weeks and then hope, hope they make the playoffs so that they can uh, release those guys later on. Um and if you really like that research process and th- like there's a ton of research you can do for DFS every week that can be just as effective. Oh, yeah. And so it's not like you're losing out on this uh, part of the of fantasy football that you enjoy. Um, it's just kind of redirected in a different way. And so what's nice is that every week, you know, you Sunday mornings, you pick your team and you go up against your friends and, uh, you know, you're able to play kind of in a casual way or as serious as you want, kind of however you take it, your season long league. I mean, everybody has their home leagues where like some guys are really into it. Then some are get lucky every year. And then there are guys who just like the pay the fee every week, every season and just like the <laughs> camaraderie of playing, but they're awful. And so you, you can transfer all of that to over to DraftKings or FanDuel or Yahoo that allow these leagues to be set up and you just win money from your friends like you used to. And I think the key you mentioned there is the camaraderie because a lot of people, you know, it, that's a lot of my a couple of my football leagues. Like, that's what I'm there for. Like, it's the way that I stay in touch with people. It's the way that I still talk to people where I probably, you know, without those leagues, you know, 10 years ago, I might have uh, you know lost contact. Totally. But the fact that you can set up an actual league and you can play that way. I mean, I think there's actually more camaraderie. I think that the week to week, like if you're if you're one and six, you know, you're probably not really talking very smack and you know reaching out and texting your friends but if every week and you're you know week eight you win that league suddenly you know you're you're back into it and you're fully involved you're fully engaged and it's just a uh, you know only takes a couple weeks to win to, to make some money back so it's uh it's a fun setup it's really good that they've set up you can do leagues that way and it's uh 
Yeah, I think that uh, I think it's gonna. There's gonna be a lot of leagues that kind of morph over to that, and I think that 2020 might uh, might be the perfect spot for that. Yeah, and like for for those that pay that play against their friends for money, like you can uh, set up different payout structures. Like what's nice about um, the way that I mean, we do ours on DraftKings is just like every week it's the top three that get paid out. Um, depending on your entry fee, they they tier it for you, but you can also do winner take all each week. Like I know there's some leagues that. Um, you know, you all pay in at the beginning and then, uh, you know, first, second, third or first and second get paid at the end of the season. And there was also kind of like some small bonuses if you're the highest scoring that week. I mean, that those bonuses are basically what DraftKings is every week. Um, right. Uh, you know, whoever scores the most gets the, gets the majority of the money. And so um, it's just like a nice way to play. Obviously, the the league is set up differently in terms of it's a salary cap format. And so it's not a draft. Uh, FanDuel, I believe, just came out with Snake Draft um, DFS, which I have not tried yet. Draft used to do that. Um, and then, yep. uh, I mean, FanDuel bought Draft years ago, so that's probably just their product. So if you really want to do the draft version, um, I think you can do that. But uh, the the one kind of negative point that have, uh, some people tried to point out when we first set up this league was like, well, we're all going to have the same players because we all, you know, everybody's open. The player pool is open. And so it's just every, whoever fits under the salary cap. And I, I can pro- tell you, I promise you, I promise you won't have the same lineup. I, like we've been playing for, I think it's three full years. Like never once has like there been a duplicate lineup, let alone even like, uh, two people with all, but like one difference, like the, the, the rosters are big enough and the player pool is certainly big enough. And because of the salary structure, you know, if you say like, I'm going to play who Mike will Mike Evans this week and somebody else is going to play Godwin, like your lineups are going to be different because generally just the salaries are different enough that, uh, that creates differences. And so it's just, um, it's just a different way to play, but like everything that you do to get ready for your season long leagues apply. Like if you're looking at, at weekly rankings to figure out like which of your two, two guys you should start, um, that just feeds into DFS of like, all right, I looked at the rankings and this running back's better than this the other one. And so I'll target him in DFS. And then you can just do that um, against your friends every week. I'm impressed. It only took you 20 minutes to figure out if it's a Godwin or Evans week. We already got that. <laughs> it's neither. Tom Brady's going to ruin them. I, I look forward to it. used to be fun to figure out that with Jameis. We're going to have to figure that with uh, Tom Brady. But I'm curious how, how you play these leagues. But first a note from our sponsor, Dynasty Owner. I've been looking for a new challenge, which is why I'm playing Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football this season. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Leagues are forming now. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. We've all been in a league where the owner just got lucky. If you're like me and you know you're better than most, well, I don't know if I know that fully, but Dynasty Owner gives you a platform to prove it. Dynasty Owner favors skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within the salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire and validate your fantasy football skills. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Dynasty Owner, start your dynasty today. So Andrew, you talk about uh, you know your league with your friends. You kind of moved over there now. So how do you how do you how do you strategize that? Like you're playing against 
11 people. So you're not playing against, you know, 11,000 people or, you know, 11 million people, whatever it may be. Um, do you play that sort of like a cash game more than a GPP? How are you like formulating your strategy if you're doing this, this sort of setup? Yeah. So for, for people who really have never played DFS, like generally, um, if you want to read, uh, you know, player picks every week, cause that's the player picks are always like popular things. Like you want to focus on people that write about cash games because, uh, generally that's what you're playing. Like you, if you are somewhat familiar with DFS and you see like the lineups that win the, the Millie maker and stuff like that, they include guys that are like 2% owned that you would never think of rostering. And they happen to go, you know, catch two long touchdowns. And like, that's, um, that's how they won a million dollars. Like those are not the guys you need to beat 10 of your friends or 11 of your friends. Like you pretty much want to focus on players with high floors. So the guys who are going to touch the ball a lot, and you essentially want the consistently decently scoring guys. Like you don't need anybody to have huge game out of nowhere because the out of nowhere usually means that they're not doing well. And so right. if they're not doing well, like you're going to lose more often than not. And so there are a bunch of strategies that go into cash games, but generally um, people kind of joke around, just like pay, play the best plays. And obviously that's like easier said than done, but this idea that you need to like find like a deep sleeper or someone that like totally off the radar, like you don't need that for beating your friends, especially like you, you don't even need that to beat other people who regularly play DFS. But like, like I said, like if you are in a regular home league, like generally not everybody is great. And so, so you don't need to like go way out of your way to like beat somebody right. who really isn't always into it. So you generally just want to, reduce the risk of your lineup. Uh, that doesn't mean like take terrible players that sometimes are good, but like the, the, the more that you think of like this guy could have, you know, 180 yards and two touchdowns, but he probably won't. If you think probably won't, then you probably don't want him in this cash game. And so generally, uh, like I said, like research wise, and you hear these people talking about DFS like, Oh, I think he's really good in large field GPPs. Like, that's not really someone you probably need. Uh, just focus on the, the, the cash games, and those are the double-ups and head-to-heads and maybe some single-entry tournaments. But you don't need to go wild to build these lineups. Yeah, and I think that's, what, that's actually fun about this podcast. You mentioned, you know, player pick articles and stuff. But I think, you know, listening to us is uh, – the good thing here is that you are very cash game-based, and I am less so. So you're, you're probably going to get uh, – you get plays on both sides. So if you want to play – if you want to play cash games with your friends, you know – Andrew is really good at kind of building that uh, that base cash lineup. It had a really good success rate last year cashing lineups. And you know, I'm uh, I'm probably more that's going to give you that uh, that flyer wide receiver that I think is going to be lower owned, or you know, kind of um, some some pivot plays at running back, that sort of thing. So hopefully, by doing this podcast, we'll give you a good idea of you know, kind of the the different uh, plays that week, both from a cash game and GPP perspective. And if you're playing with your friends, you know, you can do that lineup, and there's no reason you can't obviously do a different lineup for your GPP. Um, do you enter your are you is your main cash Lamp, is that the one you also play with your friends? Do you, do you mix it up or do you just kind of throw the same lineup in, in, in each contest? Yeah, I, I, same one. Like if I'm uh, mostly because it, it almost sounds like I would have to dumb it down to play my friends. And like my thankfully, my friends are good enough where I don't have to quite do that. But and ho- hopefully your friends don't listen for that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I think that I mean, my league alone, like I know that they all basically make their lineups Sunday morning. Some of them may think of them a little earlier in the week, but like I know one. Uh, jokingly around jokingly says he just does it in the bathroom every Sunday morning and he looks at it and that's it. And 
that's his lineup. And like, right. but that's fun for him. And that's fun for us because there's another lineup in and the more people that play the, the higher, the, the pool, the prize pool is. But right. I mean, the, the, the one thing that I love about DFS is, or one of the things I love about it is all of the research that you're doing is for this week. And so you're not looking at schedules like, Oh, what does this guy have over the next six weeks? Or yep. I really think he's going to do well uh, in the second half of the season because his schedule is a lot lighter or, or just the opposite. I don't want this guy because he has a tough schedule. Like, Bye weeks are coming up and now I don't have, now I don't have a wide receiver. Like the, everything you're doing is focusing on this week. And so you're able to uh, focus on the important things in these research that, I mean, we've talked, I mean, we just posted five podcasts of a lot of things that we do over the course of the week to, to get us ready for DFS, yep. you know, looking at Vegas lines or, um, even like, uh, we have the, we have a tool on Rotowire where you can see what, where you think people are going to be drafted, how many, what number of teams are going to have certain players. And so, uh, using those tools, like, uh, generally can get you ready for DFS and you're using all of that time that you were like looking at who um, the Bengals are playing in six weeks and whether you want to play Joe Mixon. It's like, no, 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 just look at Sunday and do you <laughs> yeah. want to play Mixon this week? And what I like about that is you're not, you know, in season long, you're kind of like rooting for the guys. And if you have a backup, you're rooting for guys to get hurt or not play well. And you don't have to worry about that in DFS. Um, and what I would say, you know, with the research aspect of it is, um, you know, usage, usage, usage. You're looking for volume. You want running backs that are getting touching the ball. You want uh, receivers that are getting targets. And obviously not all the guys are getting targets, but guys that are growing in targets. What I do uh, a lot of times with receivers is I like to look at targets per week. And then, you know, if someone's gone from two, four, four targets, and all of a sudden they're like eight and ten. And they, maybe maybe DraftKings and FanDuel and Yahoo haven't caught up with this price. And I really like guys who are kind of building into their roles, building into targets. Those are guys that I think you can start to play in DFS that, uh, you know, in a regular league maybe. Maybe they're sitting on your bench. You're not getting to use them. And they're cheap at DFS, and it can get help you get Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley in our week. So there's just so many different ways to build that. But, uh, yeah, I think it's fun. The other, the other aspect is fun that, it, you know, in a regular league, you're like, you've got your 12 teams, and that's it. You kind of can't really expand. Like, if you have two friends or four friends or five friends, it can be an odd number, which is great. You can you can build your you know your local DFS league up to 17 or 21, and there's no you know you don't have to play head to head. You don't have to have an even number. You don't have to have a, a low enough number that you can roster good players. I think it's fun that you know you can slowly build it, and you know suddenly you can have 25 guys in your league, and the, the pot goes up, and it makes it a little tougher to win, but you know more money around, and you can you can kind of build it. Whereas your home league, it's kind of the same 12 guys, and you're kind of stuck there. Right, and the other benefit is because uh, these sites offer so many different contests. Like you can build your one lineup to play your friends and you can use that lineup in huge five dollar double ups and 10 25 like they go all the way up and you can play yeah, you that can use that you can use that lineup to win a gvp and win a bunch of money too <clears throat> uh if you're building a lineup to beat your friends that wins the gpp you built the lineup to beat your friends incorrectly i'll put it that I way i just i wanted to set you up to say that <laughs> um, beautiful. But, but yeah i mean it's it's a way to to get, kind of get yourself acclimated to dfs uh without kind of having to play a bunch of people who may be playing all the time. Um, you know, it's a, you can get your feet wet that way without, um, not that I would say go after a bunch of these pros right away, but I don't know. It's just a way to, to get into it. And, um, I think one of the other nice things about DFS and you were just talking about like ways to pay up for Christian McCaffrey. Like if you love McCaffrey and you go into your season long league with the third pick, you're not going to get him. 
and DFS. Yeah, I mean, you have a you have an 11, 11 at twelve, whatever that whatever that decimal is, chance of not getting Christian McCaffrey. I mean, even you, as much as you love him, even if you get picked two, you're not getting McCaffrey this year. And this is a chance for you to play him as many weeks as you want. To. Right, like you can exactly you can play him. It's funny. Um, I shared this in the RotoWire subscriber uh, Discord the other day, but DraftKings sent like a email of like who was your most played uh, player last year. And mine was McCaffrey, and I played him 16. I'm, I'm, stu- I'm stunned by that. It was, I played him 16 times. I'm a one-lineup person, so like I played McCaffrey every single week. Uh, as if 16 times last year? That's amazing. Yeah, 16. Um, I love that. Which, I mean, somebody else posted theirs, and it was like 47. I'm like, oh, but I, like, I play one lineup. And so I don't— <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. So every time I could have played him, I apparently did. And so— um, but like that's obviously you don't have to. It was almost like a season log league, and I had one point one. But um, My, mine definitely would have been wrong. Buccaneers receiver is most uh, that would have <laughs> been funny if they combined yeah. Evans and Godwin. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like it's just you get to play the guys that you like want to be able to play for or that you want, and so I mean that's kind of a the the pitch for salary cap games anyway even right. um something like an auction draft like you still have to pay up for them and only one person can have it but here the salary cap like we can we can all have McCaffrey if we want and then you just have to beat your friends with the other guys um yeah. which is doable yeah and doable but also not easy i mean if you pay up for McCaffrey you're going to have to sacrifice somewhere else which i think makes it fun i mean that's the challenge of piecing together that lineup is you know if you could play Christian McCaffrey with, uh, you know, all the, with Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams at the same time, it wouldn't be fun. But right. the way DraftKings and all these salary caps set up is that you just can't do that. I mean, there's just no way to do that unless you play, you know, four zeros or something like that. And that's not going to win either. So I think the, the fun and the challenge is the fact you can play everybody, but you got to figure out how to do it in the, in the correct way. Yeah. It's a fun puzzle every week. Uh, that's kind of the way I've always looked at it as a puzzle. And so, um, you have to know who you want to prioritize. Uh, the answer is always McCaffrey. And um, you just kind of have to build from there. But like, that's where um, you get the differentiation because there are certain guys where that, you know, prefer Michael Thomas and somebody else is like, no, I think it's a DeAndre Hopkins week. And so that already just starts to split it. And so um, I like can't emphasize enough that people who are worried that you're going to just all play the same lineup. It's like, you're not, <laughs> you're not. Yeah. Like two weeks in, you'd realize, you'll realize that that's a horrible argument. Right. Right. And it even just comes, I mean, you can, you're obviously going to see the other lineups that are in your contest and, um, you know, you're going to see pretty early on, like who has figured out the puzzle and who hasn't. Yeah. It's funny. Cause my argument against it, when I do like about season long still would be the fact that if you love a player in the sixth round and you draft him, you get that player all year long. And whereas, you know, if that happens, everybody gets to play him, you know, weeks two through 16, if they want to, that's my, that's my one aspect. I still do love about season long. It's a very, it's a very small nitpick, but that would be my argument would definitely not be the, the, everybody's gonna play the same guy. Mine would be that if you find that gem, you get to keep him in season long, whereas DFS, so, you know, everybody gets to keep him. That's fair. Yeah. That would be my, that'd be my one argument. I think the, I think the, the everybody had the high percentage players is kind of a stupid one that it would never actually happen. But. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about a few more deeper strategy things with with this, but first a note from our sponsor, FanDraft. Take your league's fantasy football draft to the next level with FanDraft, the online fantasy football draft board. FanDraft makes your draft feel like an actual NFL draft with features such as a streaming ticker, live draft clock, custom logos, team walk-up songs, multiple draft board displays, and more. FanDraft can be used for in-person drafts by exporting the display via projector or onto a large screen TV for the league to enjoy. It can also be used fully online, and any of your number of league owners can join the draft remotely. You can also perform both traditional and auction-style drafts. FanDraft also supports IDPs, 
Rookie-only drafts, keepers, and just about any customization to meet your league requirements. You can sign up for a free trial account at Fandraft.com. When you're ready to order the pro account, make sure to use the promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15% off your purchase. Again, that's Fandraft.com, and use promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15%. So, Andrew, another cool aspect of uh, DFS, both in, in general and if you're you know playing with your friends in the league, is the fact that you can do late swap. So, um you know what? Tell me what is late swap. Obviously, you know it's it's uh, you know after the ten o'clock deadline. I'm gonna use Pacific time again before the one o'clock games start. With the COVID stuff, we're gonna get some one o'clock inactives. Um, with late swap, you can you can get guys out of there. If uh, you know, like I said, someone like Raheem Mostert playing the West Coast. If he suddenly is inactive for a game, you could do that. Whereas in a season long league, you're stuck with who's on your bench. But like I said before, in this kind of situation, games have already started. You know what you're doing. You, you kind of know how you're doing already. You can swap to a, you know, a lower percentage player if you want to be tricky. You can get an injured player out. But tell me how you use late swap, both in uh, you know this uh, format but also regularly. Yeah, so the I think the, the way that most people think about late swap is the injury situation of I have somebody, and obviously that's going to be different this year with these COVID, potential COVID inactives. But yeah. um, I think generally people, uh, if they have a player in the later game, meaning the late afternoon or um, I guess I should add that, that DraftKings and FanDuel don't include the Sunday night game in their leagues. I think they actually probably offer an oppor- uh, a possibility to do that. But if you're someone, and they definitely offer Thursday through Monday. So if you want to go full four days right. each week with your league, you can do that. But um, so the idea with late swap is, um, and it's the, it, it's this mimic season long. Like if you have somebody in a season long game with the 4, 4 p.m. Eastern games and they are announced inactive, like you can bring somebody else in. So that's the base, like the basic way to use late swap is my but guys. The keys injured. you can bring keys. You can bring anybody from any of the games. Exactly. Which any, is, which any, of the, any of the, any of the one o'clock get late games, later games. Right. Um, but the other way to use late swap, which is really the, the w- way to take advantage of that is depending if you're ahead or behind, um, whether you should pivot off of a player that you have. So, the, the reason uh, I thought we needed to talk about this was specifically because uh, of a situation that happened in my own my home DFS league last right. year um, where uh, me and another guy were basically battling for first. And we, um, I was slightly ahead and we both had one player left in whatever the game was. And was it set that you knew you could figure out strategy salary wise, probably who so, he had. So salary wise, it was clear. We both had the same player. Okay. And what I was surprised to see at once the game started is that he didn't switch because if I'm ahead and we have the same player, there's a 0% chance that he can get in front of me. Right. And obviously you're ahead. So you're not going to be the one that's going to switch. Right. Although there's some game theory there that, had I known yeah, my friend probably... would switch, then I would switch, but I, I didn't. Yeah, uh, that's because... the, I know, I know that you know that I know that you know kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah. The benefit of playing with your friends is that you know your friends are lazy, or some of them are lazy, and don't switch. And he told me that. He was like, no, I don't, I don't even think about switching. And I was like, great. Well, then I know that if we ever have the same guy, like, I don't have to switch, so I can just... Right. But if I'm behind, then I know I should switch because I know he's not going to. But, but it's as simple as that. Like, um, I... I I want to say it was early in the season. Uh, it probably wasn't Todd Gurley, but I feel like it was. It was some West Coast game, and it was a running back. We both had him. And it's like, but if I'm, if I'm behind and I know that the guy in front of me, 
you know, the salary matches up that I, he has Todd Gurley, then I, I cannot expect to win if right. I keep my, that, if I keep Gurley in my lineup. And so the way that you use late swap is, uh, who else is there that I can play? And so there's also a little more that goes into it, depending on how you actually pay out every week. Like, right. If, yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to swap from Todd Gurley to, you know, Darrell Henderson. If you can go drop from second to fourth and lose money too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So there's, there is obviously strategy in there, but if you, if you want to play in first, like if you're in, in fourth and the top three pay finishing yeah. fourth and finishing eighth does like is no different. Yeah. Um, you, you're getting zero both ways. So the idea is that you, maybe you do want to switch out from Gurley to somebody who's a little more of a home run threat, um, home run in the terms of long touchdown, but that was a, I guess a poor for a football podcast. You can, you can just call him player Abraham Mostert. That's fine. Most, oh, right. <laughs> so if I'm going to switch from Gurley to Mostert, then I should do that <laughs> because I need to catch up. And so like, really yeah. that's the way that you take advantage of, of, and late swap feels a little weird for people who, um, play season long anyway, because, uh, you don't necessarily have, like you, you don't have that. Like if you are in a season long league and you're like, Oh, I have girly late. Like I'm the only one with girly, then right. you obviously don't need to switch. But if we both have girly, uh, and I'm behind and that's all we have, then I have to switch because this is the only way I can win. And in a season long, you've got girly and your, your choices on a season long are probably to get girly out. Even if it gets harder and active, are just probably weak. Whereas in a DFS, you get, everybody who's playing and it's funny talking about most it reminds me of the uh reminds me of the old uh the tevin coleman three touchdown game <sighs> from last season that both both just stuck us you mentioned fun puzzle earlier i was going to remind you of that uh you know you, you call it fun i'm gonna remind you of tevin coleman scoring three uh, times that was the is that a playoff <laughs> game no it was against carolina early like mid-season i that think he had season yeah, Mostert had three in the uh, in the Packers playoff game, but it was Coleman out of nowhere had three and had a huge game. I think it was against Carolina. They were wearing the all white jerseys. I do remember that. And we, I think we I think we loved Mostert that week because they were going to kill Carolina on the ground, and they did kill Carolina they on the ground. Him, yeah. It was just the wrong damn guy. I think now that I'm thinking of it, I think I is it possible that I played Coleman the week that Mostert had three? Uh, I think that's then we were that like, actually, we finally figured out it did happen. I think, yes. right. We were like, Oh, it's okay. It's Coleman. At least we know it's we're like, they're going to, they're going to run the ball so much. They're going to have a lead. They're just going to use Coleman to grind out the end. Instead. Yeah. Most just ran for 35 yards carry. Right. Right. That was beautiful. Um, so with the, with the late swap, is it something in your, in your regular cash games? Like just uh, talk about your regular, like you're playing your double ups, all that kind of stuff. You play, uh, you know, you play a lot of those. And that's mainly what you do in DFS. Are you using that a lot in your cash games or is this more of a strategy for a GPP or like a league where you know it's, you know, 1v1 or you know someone had or 2v2? Is this something you do in your regular cash games a lot too? Or are you usually kind of figuring that you pick the best lineup you're going to stick with that? No, I definitely do it for every cash game, which gets really tedious, um, if you post like a bunch of head to heads, like I then generally play more head to head than, than double ups even. And oh, so yeah, right. I, I, um, I always say double up. I mean, I, yeah, I know what you So, I mean, if I, I do this to win and so like in order to win you, this is like the work that you have to do at, uh, you know, three thirty ish Eastern on Sundays is that you have to check your head to heads and be like, is this one close? How much salary is left on each side? How many players do I have? Do I have enough players where I think I can make up for, uh, the, you know, if, if it's a three V one at the end and the, we both have that one, like do, are the two that I have over the other, over the zero enough to make up for the ground that I have to make up. And so like there, there is a lot that goes into late swap that you have to consider. And so, um, generally 
unfortunately you have to go into each contest and say like, all right, how far behind am I? Uh, and am I able to, uh, make that up? And so we have a tool on RotoWire where you can actually upload, like if you're in a, uh, a double up and it'll tell you like how many people ahead of you have X number of players left and what positions they have. And that's probably a lot more involved than people who are playing against their friends are going to do, but it at least gives you an idea of like, do I think that this is, does it seem like everybody left has like one expensive running back left and you're like, Oh, I have that running back. And so now I'm going to have to, to pivot from there. But if you're in, you know, a league with eight to 12 of your friends, uh, you should at least be able to go through each team and just say like, okay, this he's done. She's done. She only has one player left. He has two left. And then you can kind of go from there. But, um, I mean, I, I appreciate there are people who like playing season long fantasy football and not having to worry about late swap or, you know, they'll only do it for an injury situation, but this is just more of that puzzle that uh, I think just makes the game a little more interesting. Yeah. And the thing with people hear late swap and they think it's a lot of work and it, I, I will agree with them with baseball and basketball. It really is. Cause you have baseball, you know, start there's games to start every hour. Football is really easy. There's only, there's the, there's the, for the morning games and the late games. There's only like one time you really need to check, you know, for, for you, it's three 30 for me, it's 1230. It's only like one spot you have to check for late swap. So it's, it is it, a little bit of work and it takes, it takes some, some effort there, but it's only once it's not like, you know, basketball, you got to check every hour cause you get central and mountain and West coast games that start. And, you know, sometimes games start at you know, seven 30 rather than seven. It's a lot of work in those sports, but football, it's really easy. I mean, it, it's one time. It's a little bit of work, but it's only once. It's not that hard. I, I will also say that there, at least for my home league, the number of times I actually had to late swap is minimal. Like, it's yeah. not like you're doing this every week where you're like, oh man, I need to find a new running back because blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, the, I, it, there are, will definitely be times where you're three quarters away through the first slate of games and you're like, I am dead. Like, there's nothing I can do. And you can pivot if you want, but like, you're just like, I, there's no way I can make this up. Or you're so far ahead that it really doesn't matter. Uh, and so like we describe it, it sounds like it's a lot of work, but like, you're really just like checking the standings and it's like, all right, yeah. if I'm 60 points ahead, I don't have to worry about this. Like whoever they have probably is not going to catch me. Yeah. I mean, and you're obviously checking every time for inactives and stuff, but you're probably doing that anyway for your season long league. I mean, if you have a, there's a bunch of afternoon games and you've got, you know, players, you're still probably checking that anyway. So this is just another step in that. And you're right. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of weeks where I don't even touch it. I don't even do it. And, you know, or I have a lot of guys in the afternoon. I'm not worried about it. And I, I still like the, the guys that I pick. But, uh, you know, you do get those situations where it's, you know, you each have one guy left or you each have two guys left. It just makes a lot of sense to be a little strategic about it. Yeah. The one complaint that I've heard is like, oh, I don't want to have to like check this all throughout the day. And I'm like, well, do you like leave the game cast thing open or whatever, whatever, whatever they call it? No, I don't. And uh, but like I have friends that are like, yeah, of course, because I want to like track scores. Right. I'm like, it's it's just a different game cast or whatever. Yeah. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best Zero Percent Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. 
call it. So uh, quick, I want to talk real quick about game selection. I know that we did uh, one of the the preview podcasts. We talked about this a bunch, but um, are you, so you're, you're coming to this year. Are you, I know you're mostly a cash game player. Like what, what percentage do you play GP? Are you trying to shoot for a little bit of a, a big score week by week? Or are you just strictly cash game? And you don't even look at the GPPs. Uh, I look, uh, it's funny. I was, when do you talk, I mean, you met, you have your one cash lamp. Do you toss it into a couple of GPPs just in case it hits big? Uh, I will throw it into like one, like lower entry, single entry one. But like, I, I don't expect to, to win $200,000 of my cash lineup in a GPP. Like the, right. I listening back to the podcast that we posted, um, earlier this summer that we did last year. And I'm like, yeah, I'd like to play more GPP. And like looking back at my results and it just like, I didn't do it. Like I, um, I just, the I'm just better at building cash lineups than I am GPP lineups. And um, I like agonize over my cash lineup all Sunday morning in order to get it ready for kickoff. And the amount of time that I would need to like build GPP lineups, um, I just didn't do. And I'd, I'm going to say it again this year that I'd like to play more GPP. But I've heard like multiple people in the, DFS football industry, just be like, if you're good at something, that's what you should do. I think there's a, a lot to be said for that. And like somebody finally, I apologize because I forget who said it, who I listened to a bunch of stuff recently, but like, like if you're really good at cash games, then just play cash games. And if you're really good at GPPs, play those. But like, there are very few people who are really good at both. Uh, and look based on my results, I am not one of those people who's very good at both. And so like, I just, but, but you are very good at cash games. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, it's funny cause we'll, you'll show me your lineup. I'm like, Oh, it looks really good. And then we're looking at the afternoon games and you shoot me your screen screenshot and all your teams are cashing. Like there's a lot of weeks like that where I'm just like, wow, he's really good at cash games. I think that there's a lot to be said for sticking what you're really good at. And there's a lot of people that aren't really good at either is I think the, the key to this thing. And you found something you're, you're really good at. But I do think that if you, um, you know, in general, if you just want to have some fun with DFS too, and you want to throw your 25 bucks in and try and hit something big, I don't think there's a problem with that either. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, I can't believe you're playing in that big concert with those sharks. And like, at some point, this is fun too. Like you're obviously playing with, you want, you want to play with money that you can afford to lose. And maybe you, maybe you get some back, but I think that, you know, playing for some fun is, is, is not the worst thing in the world either. Yeah. I, one of the, it's funny you bring that up. So there were, there are plenty of people who, and I'm absolutely one of them who complain about payout structures in DFS and like how top heavy they are they and are, how yeah. I'm like, it's just not sustainable for most people. And I say that as somebody who mostly plays cash games and part of it is because of these payout structures. That being said, um, you were saying like, if you take your $25, like whatever, like the, the top prizes for some of these GPPs, which are exceptionally hard to win, like don't yes. let that like be forgotten, but like, Looking at the top prizes, if you want to spend, you were like, if you want to spend $25, like there, I'm looking at the DraftKings lobby right now. There is a, um, a GPP with a $3 entry where the top prize is $50,000 <laughs> yeah, and it's a 20 go. entry max. So like the most, the most number of entries you can have is 20 to, is 20. So it's not like these bigger ones where people are putting in like a hundred thousand, like the, the gamut of entry fees is vast as yes. are the top prizes. And so um, like there is a, what is this one? 
uh, $250,000 GPP, one dollar to enter top prize 10 grand and it's like yeah. if you want to build a, an exceptionally dumb lineup with plenty of upside to possibly win that like it's a dollar and yeah for some and you want to like, sit down the afternoon and, and spend your three hours watching games and rooting for those players i think that's fantastic yeah yeah and there's i mean like this, should, this should be this should be really really fun and a fun thing for you to do on the weekend something you enjoy doing because you're going to come back and play more and you're going to get better at it the more fun you're having something you're going to work more at it you know, you don't want to, you don't want to do something that's not fun. So this should be a good time. And it is, and I love, I love DFS for football. I mean, it's made me really enjoy Sundays more. And it's just, you know, you want to make some money, but you want to have some fun with it at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to keep uh, belaboring this point though. Like the, oh. the uh, quarter jukebox, which is a quarter to enter 25 cents is a $4,000 top prize. Like, is this where I humble? Is this where I humble brag and say I'm not allowed in those contests on, on oh, FanDuel? Look at you. Oh, on FanDuel. I was on DraftKings. So look at you. Um, but yeah, it's just Draft, like DraftKings. I haven't won enough, but FanDuel I'm not allowed to three dollars and under. Oh, you're. I wish I was in your boat there. Um, although then I'd have to play more I had, FanDuel. I had, throw, I had to throw it out once. <laughs> um, I will. Oh, what was I gonna? Oh, I will say that you were very generous in talking about how I would send you cash game screenshots. But you didn't include that I. You also consistently call me the boy who cries wolf because I always tell you I'm pretty sure I'm getting smashed, and then by yep. the end of Sunday it turns out I'm not. I I left that part out. See how nice I am. I'm I'm really bad. So uh, I don't check scores. Like I started this last year, and I think you were the reason. I, I think start- it's my fault. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like it's I. Very, it's very liberating though. I check. I constantly check real life scores and fantasy scores but I don't check where I am in my contests. And um, I'm actually somebody, as weird as it sounds, like I don't enjoy the sweat of DFS, like the the live sweat. Um, like the lineup building is what I enjoy about this. And so like constantly being like, oh no, this guy, now I'm, uh, now I'm not winning. And then, then something, something happens and I'm winning. And like the, that up and down is just like not enjoyable to me. And so you, you were like, you and, you, and, you and me both. I do not. I, there's a lot of aspects of it. And we talked about having fun. And I think that's important to figure out what part of it you like. I like building lineups. I like watching games and rooting for players. Like when my player scores a touchdown, that's so fun to me. But, you know, checking the line, checking at 10, 15 in the morning after, you know, there've been eight plays and I realize I'm losing. That's just not fun. It's, it's really not. Or even just like after the first half and you're just yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm dead. And uh, on that note, on that note, reading Twitter in the first quarter of the first games is painful too. It is. It is. And so what's bad. funny is that when I initially, so instead of knowing I'm dead or thinking I'm dead or I'm, I do think I'm dead. And that's when I text you and I'm like, I'm dead. Yep. And then by the end <laughs> of the day, I, thankfully knock on wood, I wasn't dead. Um, yeah, you're like in the 86% <laughs> you're never, you're never even like remotely near dead. Well, it's more because I, I it's very clear that I way overestimate the fantasy points of players I don't have who like I see score touchdowns and like, so somebody scores a touchdown and it's like somebody I was considering for my cash lineup. And I'm like, Oh, I can't believe that didn't happen. And like, he's going to finish with 35 and whoever I have is going to have like 18. And at the end of the game, it's like my guy has 23 and the other guy has 21. And I'm like, Oh, I guess it was okay. Um, I've, uh, I've, I've missed those Sunday texts. I look forward to it. You got to keep coming. <laughs> but yeah, you, um, I mean, your big win on FanDuel, didn't you say you didn't know until like it, it was all over? And there was a, that was when Sunday night happened. It was a uh, part of it too. And I had, I had Lamar Miller in the Sunday night game and 
I'm not going into too many details, but there there was a late touchdown that literally that made my uh, made how much I won go up like 20 times. That's crazy. And it would not have been fun to watch that game knowing that if he didn't score a touchdown, how much I could win or could win. It just it was so fun to watch and root for. I always knew I was doing really really well because I, I watched the games that day and I knew all my players did really well and I knew percentages and I knew who had who and all that kind of stuff. But like knowing exact amounts based on if he gets if Lamar Miller gets you know one point three more points, it was just not fun for me. Some people it is. But if that, it, it, I would have been, it would have lessened my enjoyment of that a lot, knowing that you know, in the fourth quarter, I need him to score a touchdown to win a bunch of money. I just wouldn't have had fun. I wouldn't have enjoyed it. Where it was uh, the way I watched it was just rooting for Lamar Miller and fun. So I, it's just a personal preference, but it's just the way that I, I love watching football. I love rooting for my players. I don't need to like know that you know if he gets thirty more yards, I win X amount of money. That's just not fun for me. I'm fine. I'm fine just looking afterwards and and seeing how it all worked out. And I actually think there's nothing worse. Uh, I was going to say it's worse when you like check and you're like dead and you, you just know it, but it's actually so much worse when you look and you're doing really, really well. It's like early, but it's like really, really well. And you're like, so this you're suddenly excited the whole time. And you, and you look later and you're like, oh, I'm already gosh. spending the money. And then it's exactly. like, Oh, yeah. my, my, uh, $346,000 in winnings is actually just a loss today. <laughs> And then you're also watching and you realize that that pick six by a defense just uh, moved you from second to 12th. And you're like, it's just brutal. Right, right. And it's just like, I I don't know. I, I actually find that that more frustrating than like just checking and seeing that you were already losing. So I want to talk about a, a few end, a few end of season predictions real quick, just for some fun. But first, a note from our uh, sponsor, Underdog. Say hello to your new favorite place to, fa- to play fantasy football for real money, Underdog Fantasy. With Underdog, all you need to do is is the fun part. You draft. Forget about injuries, trades, waivers, and setting lineups. Just set it and forget it and wait for the winnings to come in. This year, they have a $1 million tournament. That's right. Just draft the best team. You have a shot at a $1 million in prizes. Sign up for Underdog today. Enter the best ball mania for a chance to win a $1 million in prizes by going to underdogfantasy.com or searching for Underdog Fantasy in your app store. Be sure to enter the promo code ROTOWIRE after you make your first deposit. So, Andrew, I wanted to real quick, I know we talked DFS, but I want to talk season, uh, the NFL season in general real quick. I uh, just want to see who you think is going to win each division, uh, who you think is going to win the Super Bowl, maybe a league MVP, rookie of the year, kind of from a, you know, who you think is going to win, but also who you think is the best bet in each. We'll do it pretty quick because we're running a little bit long here. But um, in the AFC East, you're a Jets fan, so I assume you're picking them at uh, plus 850? I think they're the best bet in the division at 850. Oh, uh, I knew you were going to squeeze that in there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I, actually, I think the Patriots are going to win the division. No, you don't. Yeah. I think the Patriots are going to suck. I, I, a lot of people say that. Be, I think they're going to be legit bad. I would love that. Um, I get, the real question is, what do you think about the Bills? Like, do you think I the think Bills the, win the division? I do. Like, I'm not super fired up about it. I know they're the favorite. Like, I looked and I thought New England might still be the favorite. New England is plus 145. Last odds I saw, the Bills are plus 110. So the Bills are a little bit favored. And then the, the Dolphins and Jets are for, further down the road. But... I just don't see it with New England. I, I know they signed Cam Newton. I don't like anybody on this offense, really. I mean, Damian Harris is kind of interesting, but Nikhil Harry maybe. But I don't like anybody in the offense. They had a couple guys, a couple of good players on defense that are opting out. Um, I just don't see it. I think everybody is picking them and betting them because of you know Belichick magic. But uh, I don't see it happening. I think New England finishes under five hundred. There's my there's my hot take for the day. Wow. I mean, if you're if you think they'll they'll be terrible. Um, like what I was surprised about was that the Jets have worse odds than the Dolphins. Um, I did too, because I mean the Dolphins are clearly building for a couple years down the road, right. whereas the Jets, um, a little less so. I, I just, 
I think people see Jets and they see Adam Gaze and they're just like, yeah, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, which I get. I get. But yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously, if if you think the Patriots are bad, then you have to think that the Bills are winning a division. Yeah, so I I just don't love them at plus 110. I think that's a little bit low, but I do think they win the division. What about the AFC North? Ravens are big favorites there at minus 185. Do you think there's anybody here that, that challenges them for the division? Um, I didn't mind Steelers at plus 350. Uh, it sounds like uh, Roethlisberger is healthy, and yep. that team is a lot different when he's healthy. And so I don't think it's crazy to say the Steelers – could win that division. Uh, it would also take, you know, some pretty significant um, downgrades for the, for the Ravens. But I don't. I wouldn't rule out the Steelers. Um, but Bengals plus twenty six hundred is uh, a fun way to burn to light your money on fire. Yeah, there's there's a lot of buzz there. Everybody loves uh, everybody loves Joe Burrow. Mixon signed the deal, so he's in the camp. I just I don't know if they can do quite enough on defense to really win the division, but. I think the Steelers are the best bet, too. I, whatever I saw, plus 350. I mean, I, I think the Ravens probably win it, but minus 225 in a division with, with Roethlisberger and all the weapons he has, I think it's a little too pricey for me. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. AFC South is an interesting one. Uh, Indianapolis is actually favored with with Phil Rivers uh, moving there at plus 120. Uh, I like Tennessee again at plus 175 over, over Indy. I think that uh, I don't think Indy should be favored. I think Phil Rivers is kind of done. I'm not a big fan of that signing. I realize that he's going to have a much better offensive line than he had last year, but um, I just I don't think the arm strength is there. He had a lot of deep passes last year that just like died 10 yards <laughs> short. I don't uh, I don't love it. I love T.Y. Hilton. I like Jonathan Taylor, but I think I think Tennessee um, the way they play, um, I think the confidence from last year making their deep run to the AFC Championship game. I think uh, I think is the second favorite. I think they're they're one of my favorite bets actually at plus one seventy five. Yeah, I think that's unfortunately to, for uh, podcast arguments. Unfortunately, I have to agree with you on the Titans. I do want to say do you, just do you like do you like Houston at all? Do you think I, that, uh, I mean, it's, it's fun? Really funny you say that because I was like Houston won the division last year. Yeah, they did. Um, but- but like, is, it, is this overreaction to just DeAndre Hopkins leaving and them losing the weapon there? But I don't, I mean, they're so badly coached. Bill O'Brien's truly awful, but Deshaun Watson's still easily the best quarterback in this division by like the biggest leaps and bounds you can imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's, and if you're going to give me plus 350 on the best quarterback in the division, that's, you know, probably a bet that you, uh, you end up doing well on if you, if you take most times. Yeah. That's, I thought they were the best bet in the division, but I don't actually see them finishing ahead of Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, obviously Watts got to stay healthy. There's a lot there, but yeah. AFC West. Hold on, hold on. before you go, before uh, oh, go you oh, yeah, go keep going, yeah. I, I had to point this out. I was going to do it before. Uh, Joe Burrow is six months younger than Sam Darnold. <laughs> that seems crazy to me. And everybody's everybody's written off Sam Darnold looking mm-hmm. for the Jets to you know tank and draft Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I'm a big Sam Darnold fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to have a good year. I, I, I mean, I think he last year you threw out the window the mono stuff yeah. and the missing time and that. Uh, Sneaky has some weapons, too. If Brashad Perriman can stay healthy, he's a guy that I do like for DFS. We're going to talk about him next week. Um, if he can get healthy, uh, he was he's a little banged up right now. I like with, with them and, and, and Crowder and Chris Herndon healthy. I, I think it's a little bit of a sneaky passing offense that people are overlooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't want to go any further on that? I can't. No, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> AFC West, the Chiefs are obviously insane favorites i've anywhere from minus 350 to minus 455 um hard to pick against them but if you had to pick someone else in this division say something happens to mahomes or you know that falls apart and kansas city and we don't and nobody thinks that's going to happen uh, which of the three other teams were all from like kind of plus 800 to plus 1200 would, would you prefer denver at, uh... I, I agree that sucks for the podcast i agree so much but <laughs> i think denver uh, is going to be a sneaky good offense too yeah i um this actually 
brings up something I wanted to throw out here since we're talking about bets. And I know that like people who are very kind of casually sports bettors tend not to shop around, um, even though that's like what you should do everywhere. But the Broncos are plus 900 to win the division at uh, DraftKings, but they're plus 1100 at FanDuel, which... Yep, and if you uh, if you go to the RotoWire uh, sports betting page, which is, I think is pretty new, um, they lay those out and they actually highlight in green which is, has the best odds. It makes it really easy to find. Right, and so I mean, if if you are very new to uh, sports betting, I mean that just the if you're just um, placing your bet on one of them, uh, you know, any of these bets, like, and it, it goes back and forth. Like the it's not like one book always has better odds, like. Um, the Jets were 850 at DraftKings, but 800 at FanDuel. So you don't necessarily like, oh, all the best odds are are there. But yeah, um, it very much depends on who people at that site have been betting, and they move they move the lines as, as such. Right, right. But um, yeah, like your uh, hundred dollars at FanDuel will turn into 1100 for this Broncos pick, but only 900 for uh, at DraftKings. So like that's actual money that is very different uh, for the same bet. So. Just, just what I'm looking for. A preview of the next 17 weeks of your life. I love Jerry Judy. Mm. Love Jerry Judy. I think Jerry Judy is going to be good and good right away. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about Drew Locke. Uh, I think, I think we, I think we will have some Drew Locke, especially next. I think we'll have a early on in the season too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, NFC, NFC East. Uh, Cowboys are favorite here, minus 120. Eagles are plus 145. Uh, the Washington football team is obviously way down the list, as are the Giants. Uh, anybody you like here? Uh, I think the Cowboys win the division, but I think plus 1,100 for the Giants. Um, they're actually plus 1,500, excuse me, on FanDuel, so go with that one. I don't think it's crazy. Like, that division, um, as much as, like, people love to hype it up, like, that division is garbage every year in terms of, like, it was ter- it was terrible last year. Neither the Eagles, I think, won it nine and seven, but like stumbled down the stretch, didn't deserve to win it. That division's awful. The every year, whoever wins it, you're just like, that's that team is not good. Like they're always the worst division winner. Um and it's always those games are always I'm afraid, close. I'm afraid the Cowboys are gonna be really good this year though. Uh I, I agree. That's why I said I thought they'd win the division. But like I can't I mean, it's probably like two years ago, and I'm just gonna shoot myself in the foot on this one, but like the last time a team from this division won like 13 games and was dominant just feels like it's been forever. So like, I think that of any division to have like a potential long shot win, it's this one. And yeah, it's not the Giants. That, no, I don't think it's Washington either. Um, although they you know, got a lot of got good young players. They cut Adrian Peterson today, right. which is uh, right. They got amazing. younger only by cutting Adrian Peterson. Exactly. They, so that's how they get younger. You got Antonio Gibson and Bryce Love. Maybe. There. So they might have some interesting um, players for DFS. So there's a team that we'll probably we'll yeah. definitely be talking about. Uh, NFC North is an interesting division. Uh, the Vikings are plus 175. Packers are plus 180 at the odds I looked at last night. Uh, um, do you have a preference uh, preference here between uh, between those two uh, the two snow teams here? I just sided ever so slightly with the Packers. I was more trying to convince myself whether the Bears or the Lions could win the division, and I just like don't see it. It just felt like the Vikings little... overperformed last year. And I just expect. I think, them the, to. I think the Packers overperformed last year too. I just, I, I'm probably a little, uh, a little jaded by watching the Niners Packers NFC Championship game when it was like two different teams on that football field. Yeah. Like the Packers, just, I, I just, I find it so weird they didn't address wide receiver at all in a year where there were like 15 wide receivers in the draft that people really, really liked. Right. Kind of pick 
you know, find how you like the most and just take them. Like it, it was not like you had to do it in the top 10 picks either. You could do it yeah. in the second round and the third round. There were so many guys to take. And instead they take a backup quarterback and a backup running back. It was the weirdest draft I've seen in a long time. Considering you have a quarterback who still is really good and kind of on his, you know, the backside of his career. You don't get him some help for Devontae Adams to go with Devontae Adams. It was it was a very strange draft. And it was I, I don't know what the Packers are doing there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But I mean, like you stick Jerry Judy or Ayuk or any of these guys, uh, Jefferson, all these guys that are, you know, look good in camp. You stick any of those opposite Devontae Adams with, with Rodgers. The, the way we're talking about the Packers offense right now is just different. Hmm. Of course you include Ayuk. I just, the first guy that popped in my head. He of course he was. <laughs> he looked great in camp, but he got, he got hurt already. It's frustrating. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, he, he, like Denzel Mims went late. Uh, mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb fell to the Cowboys who I love CeeDee Lamb too. I mean, I, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun year for rookie receivers. I think we're going to have a couple of guys that really, that really break out. Hopefully receiver in the first year is tough, but uh, I think we're gonna have a couple this year. NFC South is always a fun division. I've already mentioned that I don't like Tampa Bay this year. Uh, I, I mentioned I didn't like the Patriots. I also also don't like Tampa Bay. I, I thought I was talking about Brady, but I was talking about the Patriots. Uh, I don't like Tampa Bay either this year. I think Tampa Bay goes eight and eight is a huge disappointment. I agree. I think. Um, oh, no. I, did, I thought that was on an island with that one. No. I um, And I, I'm like jaded for 20 plus years of watching Tom Brady ruin things that I like. But um, yeah, I agree. I just don't. I think they're they're just being hyped way too much. Um, but I think like the saints at minus minus one twenty five, at least on DraftKings, where I'm looking right now, like that probably makes sense, but Falcons at plus 800. Is that crazy? Uh, I think they, I don't think it's crazy. And I think they win the division. Oh, all right. There we go. Yeah. I mean, I, the saints are the, the favorite and they deserve to be the favorite. Um, I don't love that team. I just don't know how breeze is gonna, I mean, we're, we're at the end of his rope and, um, they have Jameis there and who knows health goes happens if he comes in. But I think just the Tampa Bay, I mean, they, they've signed, they're already talking about Gronk being like kind of a, you know, red zone guy now. And he's not fully, you know, ready for football. Um, you know, obviously they have a lot of weapons there. I don't like Fournette signing. I don't think they needed that one, but I just don't think their demons there. Shaq Barrett's really good. Um, Levante David's really good. But I think that if, if, if you lined up in the slot, I'd play you in DFS against the Buccaneers right now. <laughs> You go for like eight, eight for eighty and a score. And yeah, I, I love you that need. PPR. You don't even need the score, eight yeah, for eighty. Exactly. Uh, but I just don't. I don't see it on the defensive side. I think it's a division where you need to play some defense. I don't like Carolina. I think they're obviously rebuilding, and I don't. I'm not a Teddy Bridgewater fan. Um, I think he's fine and nothing more than fine. I just didn't like yeah. that sign. But um, I think Atlanta is easily the best price here. It's something that I actually might end up betting on. Yeah, I agree. Like price wise, like yeah, exactly. Um, the fact that like. I guess they're the same to win the divi- their division as the Chargers are to win the AFC West, and it just seems like that division is the South is much much closer. Uh, I think so too, and this, the NFC South always is kind of moving around, whereas the you know I think the AFC West, unless Mahomes gets hurt, is kind of kind of shut down right. already. Right. Uh, NFC West is a really interesting one. You know, it's, we always everybody's always talks about the NFC East and how powerful those teams are, and it's been not the case for a while. The NFC West is coming right now. There, you know, the 49ers were the Super Bowl last year. The Seahawks are always good. The Rams were the Super Bowl two years ago. The Cardinals have signed. They've made some good draft picks, some good signings. They have Kyler Murray. Uh, this is a really competitive division with some good top end teams too. Um, are you able to like unbiasedly make a choice here? Uh, I I am able to unbiasedly make. It. I I think the 49ers are probably the best team, but I don't think I'd bet them at the, as the favorite. I think the division oh, no. is too good. Too good top to bottom to lay to lay them as a you know as minus odds in this division. And do you think any of the teams can win, or do you think it's just between them and the Seahawks? 
Uh, I think uh, I think interesting enough. I think the Rams are the only team that, that aren't going to win the division. I think that I think the oh. Cardinals have an outside chance. Yes, yes. I don't want to I talk do. about I the think, Cardinals. I think that the offense is coming along. I think uh, I think Kyler Murray is going to be much better in his second year. He was good the second half last year. I think that the Isaiah Simmons draft pick was really really good. And I thought they I was disgusted they got him. I think he slipped down to like ninth or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I, I, he was one of those guys that I was like, I think he's one of the two or three best players in this draft and they got him where they got him. Um, I think they're coming. I think it's probably a year early, but yes. I think it plus whatever is 700 or whatever the line, the line is. I saw it plus 800. Um, I think they're the best bet in this division. I think the Niners and Seahawks can be really tough to topple, but, uh, I think the Cardinals are the best bet and I think they do have a legit uh, outside chance to, to end up winning it. I, I completely agree. Their uh, Cardinals are plus 260 to make the playoffs. And in the expanded playoffs, you're an extra spot too, so that uh, that that factors in also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you do you like Seattle? How do you feel about Seattle coming into the season? With you know, season starts in ten days here. Uh, I mean, I think they're good. I think they have just as good of a shot of winning the division as the 49ers. I'll put it that way. Like I, yeah, the I mean, separation where they they're plus two twenty on on DraftKings, and the Niners are minus one hundred six. Like I feel like that should be closer. And the Niners were obviously really good last year, but the yep. division came down to a quarter of an inch at the goal line in the last game of the season. Exactly, exactly. And I and the Seahawks always they always play each other tough, and I, I think they're pretty. I think the the disparity between their prices is, is off too. I agree with you there. Yeah. Who uh, who wins the Super Bowl? Um, I had so I wanted to drop a tr- quick trivia question on you. Oh please, um, um, I'm sure I'm going to butcher. It, but go ahead. Other than the Patriots, who is the last team to make back to back Super Bowls? Wow, Seattle? No. Well, they didn't play uh, Denver and uh, Denver and New England back to back. Uh, I don't believe so. But now you're making me look it up because they, I thought they beat Denver and then lost to Seattle. But I think you're right. I think there was a year in between. I think the Eagles maybe they were the year in between there. Uh, uh, where are we here? No, I don't think so. No, I think you're. I think you're right. No, you. I'm sorry. You are right. It is the Seahawks. Before that, you're asking me trivia questions. Before that, right my apologies. Telling me I'm wrong. I don't know how I missed that one. Oh, because they lost, maybe. Well, I'll change it then. Or I'll just tell you the answer so we don't randomly go. But for, other than the All Seahawks, right. it was the Broncos um, back in 97-98, uh, whatever Roman numeral Super Bowls those were. But I'm just like, like, do you think the Chiefs and or the 49ers get back to the Super Bowl? Uh, I think the Chiefs have a significantly better chance. I mean, I love the yeah. Niners team, but just getting back is really tough. And I think their division's hard. I think the Chiefs just have an easy division, so they're going to be good there. Um, maybe they're the best team, but it's, you're right. It's really hard to be good consistently in the NFL. And, you know, the Patriots kind of are the one that, you know, the outlier that blows that out of the water. But um, I'd probably pick Baltimore if I had to pick somebody, just because I, I usually tend to bet against a team making it back-to-back years. Yeah. But the Chiefs, the, the problem is that, in the fourth quarter, you got Patrick Mahomes, and I'm going to take that bet every single damn time. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I looked up a specific Super Bowl matchup, which uh, these odds go long because it, there's so many combinations you could possibly do. This one is uh, plus 3,600 on FanDuel. Balt- okay. Baltimore-Dallas. That's that's what I have. That's funny. Yeah. And it's not – you don't have to pick Baltimore over Dallas or Dallas over Baltimore. It's just the two teams playing each other. Correct. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's uh, that would be my uh, that'd be my best bet there. I think that I uh, that's who I had going anyway. Kansas is gonna be really tough, and you know, obviously Dallas tends to underperform quite often over the last twenty years. Yeah. But 
Um, I think uh, I think the Dallas offense is built to win right now, which brings us into our league MVP pick. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the favorite at plus 450. You had to pick someone behind, besides Mahomes to win the MVP. Who would it be? Dak. Ah, this is not fun when we agree on everything. I'll get you. I have a longer shot one if you want that one. Actually, I actually have two of them. Dak's plus 1,200. I just... I love the weapons. I think the stats are going to be huge, and that you know, that, I think they're going to be good too. So I think that works. But who's your longer shot? Dax uh, fourteen hundred at DraftKings. Um, All right. The you. two longer ones I have. Uh, one is plus twenty five hundred at DraftKings. Kyler Murray. I okay. think if the Cardinals win the division, he wins MVP. And uh, plus forty four hundred on FanDuel. Ben Roethlisberger. That's an interesting one too. If they win that division, and he's uh, obviously because because of him, that's a, that's a pretty good one too. I like that. And you figure if if the Ravens are healthy and they are what they are, and the Steelers win that division, they went like thirteen and three, right? Like right. you're not winning that division at eight and eight. And it's funny. It sounds crazy, but if I had picked Lamar Jackson a year ago, you would have just laughed me laughed yeah, me out of the room too. Absolutely. So. Yeah, Kyler's an interesting one because he does uh, a lot of stuff on the ground and through the air. You're right. If they if they suddenly pop up and are a year early being really good with the division, he, he it's going to be hard for him not to be in the, the top couple there. Right. Like, I don't see how they win the division and they give it to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Um, any, like, rookies you like? Any big fantasy breakouts? Anybody you got uh, before we get out of here? Uh, we mentioned the two of them uh, earlier, or I did. I think Rookie of the Year is the favorite Joe Burrow. And I think yeah. Sam Darnold is the biggest surprise of the NFL season. Oh, I like that. Uh, my surprise is I think Tampa Bay goes eight and eight. And I think New England goes under 500. I love J.K. Dobbins uh, mm. plus plus 2000. So 20 to one to win rookie of the year. I think he's a huge fancy breakout. I think it's going to take a while, but I think either he takes over for Ingram. And I love a running back next to a, a running quarterback as sure. good as Lamar. Uh, I think Dobbins, the second half of the year, is going to win season-long leagues. He's going to win some DFS money, too. I, I love Dobbins. I think he's just a massive talent that got drafted in the wrong spot for fantasy right now just because Ingram's ahead of him. Ingram's still really good. Um, I just love Dobbins. I, th- I think Dobbins is going to be really good. The, the rookie there might be tough because he might might take a while, but uh, at 20-1, to 1, I like that. And I, I love Jerry Judy, too, but it's just it's hard. If Burrow's good at all, it's going to be hard for him not right. to win. He's obviously the favorite. He's just a quarterback. The stats are there. He's going to be starting from day one. He's got good weapons. You know, if AJ Green can miraculously ever stay healthy, but um, you know, mix in there. Uh, Tyler Boyd's good. I just, uh, I think you're right. I think Burrow's probably end up winning it, but it's just, it's, it's a tough price to pay for at the odds. Right. Agreed. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS version, version sponsored by Fantasy Owner, or Dynasty Owner, excuse me. Um, we uh, look forward to uh, breaking down the slates every week. Obviously, uh, you know, we're just kind of chatting football this week, but we'll be talking about week one next week, which is really exciting to say out loud. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Andrew, good ba- good to be back with you, and it's, it's good. I've had a, a different co-host this the last few years, so I'm glad to get some continuity with you here. At least for one week. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, don't get fired this week. We'll be good to go. So, <laughs> Do my best. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you can please rate and review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. Also, if you want to follow uh, Andrew on Twitter, he's at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jensted. Uh, other than that, uh, hit us up on there if you have any questions or stuff you want to talk about. Other than that, we'll be back at you for the week one slate next week. Take care.